Paul, what, yes. what a Saturday for the Texas Longhorns, baby. Uh, this is Rapid Reactions brought to you by our friend Adam Lowe at the Lowy Law Firm. Paul, I see that that is the widest smile I think I've ever seen you have in my life. I can see all your pearly whites, baby. Oh my Why God. are you smiling so wide right now? You, you and I are the Cheshire cat because we're both in the dark, but we've been Texas fans for a long time. But since 2013, I feel like we've been in the dark and uh, the light is starting to dawn. My excuse here is my light just went out literally as the, the game went to final, which is not a coincidence, Bobby. There are no coincidences. Hey, and the game you're talking about is Alabama just defeating Georgia. Yeah. Alabama defeat Georgia. Unbelievable. Uh, law, uh, the, the, the Crimson Tide. Uh, behind Jalen Milrow's legs at the end of the game. Two key runs for Milrow for first downs. Runs out the clock on Georgia. Uh, it is absolutely crazy uh, what's going to happen here. Uh, Matt, our, our producer, titled this live stream in Rapid Reactions as Playoff Chaos. We've got it. And we may not be over yet. <laughs> no, I suspect not it's over. not. Yep, it sounds like Tate Rodemaker, the Florida State uh, quarterback, will not go tonight. Um, and if that's the case, you could have a Louisville team beat Florida State, then, and then who all is in? I mean, right now you would assume Texas takes the four spot away from a Georgia team that was not a conference champion. And that's it by bylaw. It's conference champion, head-to-head, -head, then common opponents. Texas okay. has a head-to-head. -head. Is a over Alabama, which is the other conference champion that is not undefeated. Let's talk scenarios. Okay, go for it. Florida State, Louisville is still a pivotal game. We have got to pull for the Cardinals like our life depends on it. Okay? I agree. I agree. Here's why. If Florida State wins and the committee is true to what they've suggested so far, irrespective of the quality of play that Florida State would bring to the playoff. And by the way, they would be double-digit underdogs to every team that they could face in the playoff, including Texas. Uh, if that happens, there's one spot available, Bobby. Michigan, we assume, is in, unless this is the craziest day of college football <laughs> in its history. Entirely possible, by the way. Entirely possible. But if Michigan's in, Washington's in, and Florida State's in, there's one spot available. And then you have the resumes of Texas, Georgia, and Alabama. Now, a reasonable ordered permutation would be Texas has a head-to-head -head over Alabama by double digits in their home turf. The committee has said a head-to-head's a head-to-head. We don't care when it happened. Okay? Then Alabama just took care of Georgia, the number one ranked team in the CFP, Bobby. So – you have to make human mechanistic changes to that CFP ranking because the truth is if you go off their power ratings and their eye tests and all their nonsense, not only might Texas still be behind Bama, they might be behind Georgia, but the precedent of what they've stated conference title trumps all head to head substantial. If that's true, Texas is your fourth team in the tournament, even if Florida State wins. If Florida State loses, I think we're in pretty good shape. The, the big debate, I mean, it's going to be Bama, Texas, Washington, and Michigan. Fair? Unbelievable.
I mean, it, it really is because, uh, you know, the Longhorns uh, to, today really took care of business, Paul. And we need they to did. talk a little bit about that. Uh, I want to get your feedback on what you saw in that game. I, I talked in the post game with not only Rod Babers, Drew Kelson, and Jerry Hamilton. But, you know, I want to kind of condense that and, and think about it a little bit differently. What were you thinking as you saw that game unfold? I mean, right out of the gate, Texas moves down the field and just score four plays in, score another pl- four plays in, three and out. What were you thinking at that point in time with Texas? I knew we were going to win. I mean, it, it was just a – it's a different Texas team. It's a different level of athlete. And Sark, big game Sark, it's real. And through big game Sark, we have big game Quinn now, right? Uh, his three best performances this year – have been Alabama in Tuscaloosa, Oklahoma over the last three quarters. And then finally, uh, this masterpiece, Quinn throws for 452 yards. Uh, Sark saw the same film that you and I saw, Bobby. When we do our tale of the tape, I mentioned Oklahoma State had a real struggle with explosives in the passing game, giving up 8.35 yards per pass attempt. That's against offenses that aren't anything like the University of Texas and the sort of athletes at wide receiver they bring out there. Sark wasn't messing around with false notions of balance, right? Sark wanted to bring it to them and put it to them and put it on them. So we were coming out there aggressive. Mike Gundy, frankly, was running last year's game plan against Texas, assuming that we hadn't grown at quarterback, we hadn't grown on the offensive line, assuming that uh, the Sark hadn't learned some hard lessons and uh, the, the, all that blitzing, all that linebacker attack. Uh, we just turned it against him. We jujitsu him and uh, we did it with the screen game and did it by throwing downfield. Bobby, you're muted. That throwback screen to the running back that Texas usually runs in the second, third, fourth quarter. He pulled it out on the second or third play of the game. He, yep. he, he, he put it all out there. Um, you know, I, I, I want to say this. I, Rod Baber said this in the postgame, and I agree with him, uh, Paul. Sark seems to have finally found some mojo against the three-high look. He thinks he's found an antidote of sorts with the two running back set. It pulls up the guys, and it looks like a power set, and then they don't run power out of it all the time. But sometimes they do. And Keelan Robinson goes for 57 yards. He thinks so, that that alignment has really poked holes in the three-high safety look. Well, and, and I'll add to that, Bobby, that 57-yard run, you'll recall, we'll, recall, was on a second and 18. So yeah. Sark is, is doing counterintuitive things with it. So he's showing one alignment, and then he's throwing out of 21. He's showing an alignment and down a distance says that we're going to throw a screen or something short to try to get a makeable third down. He hands it off uh, with everybody pulling. It was almost like student body left to old school USC. And uh, Keelan Robinson showed his explosiveness, putting his foot down and, and tightrope in that sideline. So great play calling. And the fact is, Bobby, he foreshadowed this in Ames. That was a great play called game. We didn't put points up on the board because of execution. And, and a couple of stupid penalties. Um, you saw some of it against Tech. We didn't execute that well in the red zone. And uh, frankly, I think we saved some stuff for this game. This was all gas Sark. And even in the second half, we ran a little clock just to, like get this thing over with, try to 
get out of it with injuries. Sark put on the gas when he needed to put on the gas. And uh, Texas delivered a very convincing win that I know the, the college football playoff committee was all watching. If, if they weren't, they're blind from what they saw because Texas dominated that game from start to finish. Uh, uh, an Oklahoma State team that had beaten OU and uh, had kind of come back from the dead early in the season. Uh, Texas wins. Now Alabama loses. Let's talk a little bit about what that means and what everything else means. We've got some questions coming in in the chat. Uh, Paul and I are going to take uh, questions here probably until the Florida State game begins. So we can uh, watch that game and try to get into that. We're going to watch the Michigan-Iowa game as well because you never know it, like Paul said. This is this may just be that day. Hey, before we get there, though, uh, we want to say thank you to our sponsor of each and every Rapid Reaction. Uh, that is uh, our friend Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. If you've been injured in a car wreck or on the job and think you may, be des- may deserve compensation, give Adam and his firm a call, 512-280-0800, or visit them at theloweylawfirm.com. One thing great about Adam, he and his group give a free consultation before they ever sign you up, they give you an honest thought about whether or not you're due compensation. Give them a call. 512-280-0800. We appreciate Adam. And hey, his Bobby. Leadership. Yes. Can you ask Adam if Brett Yormark has contacted him for emotional damages? <laughs> I, he got booed off the stage. I was in the post-game show, so I, I, I was doing the post-game show, so I couldn't watch it live. But I literally taped that so I could go back and enjoy that. Just so you know. <laughs> All right, he Paul. Took. But yes, he did. And he was. You know, I, I think that he he didn't understand that he's an idiot. That's, <laughs> that's, that's often the case with idiots. All right, here we go. Um, Lane C. Wright says, Texas beat Alabama so bad that Saban questioned whether Milrow was the guy and the country questioned whether Saban had anything left. Texas belongs in the four best. That is a well-put statement, in my opinion. You agree with that, Paul? <laughs> Not a, that that man paid to make that great statement. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> that's going to end up in my post mortem, man. I, I got to credit you. Uh, absolutely true. And look, do the games mean anything? Because if yes. you're a state fan, that's your contention. The games should matter. Being undefeated matters. Well, we played Alabama, the SEC champion, in their place. By the way, a game they were fired up about. I, I know a bunch of Texas fans who went to that game and they were stopped by Alabama fans saying, hey, we're so glad to have this game because we don't have this feeling of threat anymore. And we're fired up about this game. And then Texas went out and took it to them and uh, put on the best performance of the year. It is the best single victory of the year in college football still. If you ignore that as a committee, you have no credibility. You just they, don't have they may it. say the Georgia win now is the best. The, the Alabama win for Georgia may be the best. And we beat them. Yes, absolutely. All right, uh, look, I, I think that the two things that we believe to be true, no matter what at this point, from Ashton Holland, and that's if Michigan, as we expect, they're 20-point favorites, right, against Iowa. If Michigan wins tonight and Washington has already secured its place, they're 13 and 0. They're in. Those are the two things that we know for sure. Right now, there are three teams vying for the final two spots Texas, Georgia, and Alabama. But there's actually a fourth that plays later tonight, and that's FSU, and they're undefeated. Paul, if FSU wins, 
does Texas get in, in your opinion? In my opinion, yes. In the opinion, in the opinion of this committee, I've, I've been look. I've been open from the beginning. I don't like the early rankings. I think it creates very calcified hierarchical thinking that they have trouble going back and revisiting. I've also been very impressed, unimpressed with their early work products. Having Oregon ranked ahead of Texas before the second Washington game was embarrassing for them. Looking at strength of schedule and then just saying that blowing out really bad teams is more impressive. It's just it's just a foolish way of looking at football and understanding sports in general. And and then frankly, Bobby, when I look at these folks and their resumes, I'm not blown away. I, I'm, I'm not very blown away by sort of athletic administration bureaucrats and, and their level of knowledge of the game. And when Boo Corrigan comes out there and he's talking about Bo Nix's completion percentage, which Jay Hartzell did a wonderful job of lampooning today on Twitter. Yep. Said yep. He was impressed with Quinn Ewer's completion percentage. Um, I, I just don't think this is an impressive group. But if we are going to hold them to what they've said publicly – and to what they've said matters, and it also is in their stated guidelines that they're supposed to follow, conference champion is privileged, head-to-head is privileged. What team does that describe? Texas. Vis-a-vis Alabama. The University of Texas Longhorns. Also, I test. Great. You know, oh, E-I-E-O-A-X-5, whatever. I feel like I'm an optometrist when they talk about that. But <laughs> the I test for the University of Texas, is this a team – Peaking or a team declining, Bobby? Looks like the last two games, you'd have to say peaking. They average beat the score, out of two teams. Average score of those two games, 53-14. to 14. By the way, Oregon was their eye test team that they were in love with. They had ranked fifth in the CFP. They lost again to Washington and basically fought a, a knockout, dragout fight with the team Texas Tech that we beat by 50. I love this. I, I love this one, Paul. Uh, Paul is laying it down from UT Park. Hey, I love this one, Paul. I really do. Not political, just a realist. All this time, Texas and Bama were the two best teams in the country. I can throw Michigan in there. Let's throw them a bone. Texas, Michigan, Ohio State? No, just Texas, Michigan, Bama. Those are the three. You, you agree with that? I mean, look, everybody thought that Michigan, Ohio State was the team. Or was the was the game? Uh, you know, we could still be looking at Texas versus Bama being more important at this point now. I mean, well, I'll tell you what, Bobby. Like, this is my world, my committee, the committee of Paul. Uh, I would throw Florida State out, irrespective of their 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 results. That's tonight. what. So that's what Joel Klatt says. That's how uh, Joel. I, Klatt I, I think the four best teams in the country are likely Texas, Michigan, Alabama. And Washington. And Washington, if you really want to get crazy here, Bobby, let's talk about potential seeding in a playoff scenario. Because yes. let's do that. Some of the conventional wisdom on this, I we need Ian on here because he's contrary Ian. I'm going to be contrary Paul here for a second. Washington was ranked third in the CFP. They beat the darling of the CFP, Oregon, again, who was ranked fifth. Michigan is ranked second in the CFP. They're about to play Iowa. Oh. <laughs> Did you see that? Yes. <laughs> Everyone's celebrating Texas. <laughs> They're going to beat Iowa, 
who's ranked 16th in the CFP, and any reasonable college football fan knows the Big Ten West is a Ponzi scheme. It's a farce. Right. Deacon Hill is a 300-pound fat boy playing quarterback. They can't advance the ball. I mean, Iowa's a joke. So shouldn't potentially Washington be the number one seed? We'll see. I mean, what I just laid out, does that make they have, sense? They apparently have a better win than Ohio State than Michigan's Ohio State win. That's what I'm saying. Oregon is their darling. They've beaten Oregon twice, and they're undefeated. They're a conference champion. By the criteria that they set forth, Washington might be your number one. Now, I'm just saying this. I'm being provocative, but don't be surprised. Everyone's got seating in their head already of who Texas might face. Don't, don't think that's built in stone. I, I think – if they actually follow their own criteria, I think there's a chance Washington could be your one seed. Michigan could be your two. I got to say this. I'm sitting here watching uh, a little bit of the game, the highlights they're showing of Texas right now. And I saw Adonai Mitchell uh, throw the pass back to uh, lateral, back to, to Quinn Ewers on the pitch to Jatavian Sanders, double reverse pass to Jatavian Sanders from Quinn Ewers. And this is right after, by the way, Uh, Georgia goes down against Alabama. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Adonai Mitchell could be in three straight college football playoffs with two different teams. How about that? And you would have thought Georgia would be that team uh, today going into it. All right, Tyler Stevens says, is Texas officially the Big 12 champ and the SEC champ this year? I don't know. They're definitely the Big 12 champ, and they beat the SEC champ. Sounds pretty good to me. What do you think, Paul? I I love it. I I think that's the way you want to go into the SEC. Uh, While you were doing that, Bobby, I glanced to see that SMU beat Tulane in the American Conference. I was looking forward to that job at Houston. I had had an American uh, SMU winning the American future that I just cashed, and I had the under. So let's go all around. Paul, you can't, you, nothing wrong with that, buddy. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. that. All right. Hey, we've got some more questions and thoughts to get to. This is the rapid reactions brought to you by uh, Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. We appreciate it, Adam, and his sponsorship of rapid reactions each and every week uh, following the game. Uh, Adam, we appreciate your help and sponsorship. If you guys have been injured in a wreck or on the job and need professional consultation, give Adam and his group a call, 512. 512- 280-0800, or visit him at lowylawfirm.com. Adam, all year long, has helped these shows stay up uh, off the on the ground. Off the ground. Get off the ground and stay off the ground, however you want to say it, Paul. Uh, hey, I'm, uh, 
you got injured in a wreck earlier today. Call, call Adam. He'll help you out. <laughs> all 31 yards of Ollie Gordon. Good thing Texas has sovereign immunity. Hey, did Tech? You think the Texas defensive front is was just so dominant this year in the Big Twelve? The only team that did anything against them was Oklahoma, and that's because they ran a quarterback. That I mean, really, nobody ran for much against Texas this year, other than Oklahoma. Alabama didn't run for anything. I mean, Kansas State certainly didn't. Uh, Bobby, a sign of your dominance as a defensive line as a run defense is I can think of the two or three runs all year that anyone had. Another Like Amani Bailey had a 17-yard run around the edge against TCU. Uh, the Dylan Gabriel run game was effective. That had something to do more with how we schemed our linebackers up and some hesitation that we created there, frankly. Uh, but, I mean, it was, it's been amazing. And it's a problem, Bobby. It's a problem because – if you face the University of Texas, whether you're Michigan and you want to play tough guy football, Texas is going to roll up their sleeves and say, bring it on. Now, if you're Washington, you're going to run around those guys and throw around those guys. But could Texas defend for the first time all year with a dime? Could we play a light box and say, hey, you know what? Run Dylan Johnson at us. See if that'll work for you. Um, I would be very interested to see how teams scheme against that defensive front. Hey, I got to say this. Brian Jones, the former Texas Longhorn linebacker, Rick Neuheisel, uh, the former Colorado-Washington head coach, uh, UCLA head coach as well, they both just put their predictions up. They said number one seed Michigan is their prediction, number two Washington, number three Texas, and then number four either FSU or Alabama, both of them. And this is the team, this is the network that covers the SEC. Interesting. Yes. Uh, so uh, now I think next year CBS becomes a Big Ten network. I don't think they're looking that far ahead yet, but uh, they have both Bama, FSU, one of those two playing to get into the playoffs. That means Texas, uh, Paul, would have an Alamo Bowl rematch with Washington and Michael Penix, who may just end up being the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, I'll tell you so what. If, if, if we did show a little vulnerability today, Bobby, and we didn't show much, we, we beat the hell out of Oklahoma State. Washington's got a bunch of guys who go win the ball. Yes. And Penix, he's got iron clackers, man. He, he hangs in there and he'll hang in the pocket to get that throw off. Um, and DeBoer, I have the highest level of respect for him. I think he's going to be coaching the NFL uh, eventually. But uh, that will be a fascinating rematch. Uh, I'd sure like to have uh, Derek Williams for that first half. How about you, Bobby? You know, I, I heard something that if it's in the playoffs, it may actually go forward to next year. Well, you know what? How about let's do this, Bobby. Let's agree that he'll sit out the first half of the next Big 12 game that he plays. Okay? <laughs> Is that a deal? That's a deal, man. All right. You know, it, and you know, I wonder who the next Big 12 opponent Texas will play is. It's going to be in some weird bowl game. They're not going to twenty-seven. We'll have a rebuilding year and go nine and three, and we'll play the Big Twelve champion. I don't know. <laughs> I love it, Paul. I absolutely love it. All right, we're taking y'all your your questions uh, and talking about it here. Uh, this one from Joey Teles. We beat Bum Bama. We are Big Twelve champs. We are SEC champs. We have a better resume than Washington. Ah, uh, undefeated is still undefeated to me. We should be the two or three seed. 
which is what Brian Jones and Rick Neuheisel just put up on CBS. Regardless of what FSU does, FSU's best win is LSU, and LSU sucks. Nine and three LSU, is that right? So nine and three LSU, and, and frankly, LSU has, has one reasonable victory. They beat Missouri uh, kind of on a fluke. Yep. Uh, when they played good teams, LSU got, got whooped. Um, here's the thing about FSU. Every meaningful victory they had diminished over time substantially. Texas's most meaningful victories improved over time, particularly Alabama. Also, don't discount Rice and Wyoming. People roll their eyes, but actually, and I explained this on Inside Texas. Uh, if you guys aren't members, I, I highly encourage you. Rice and Wyoming are bowl teams. And when you play a team that's respectable, there's an incremental chance of losing. Texas had a 10% chance losing of both those games, okay? When you play Jacksonville, when you play Portland State, when you play Hawaii, by the way, Wyoming played Hawaii head-to-head. They won 42-9. to When you play those teams, you have a less than 1% chance of losing. Simple aggregate mathematics. And this is where people who don't bet don't understand this. Playing Wyoming and Rice, we had about an 80% chance, a little over 80% chance of beating both of those teams. Okay? In aggregate. Oregon, for example, had about a 99% chance of beating their two non-cons. Florida State had about, eh, I'd say about a a 95% chance of beating their non-cons. Florida was a joke and horribly coached, by the way. Uh, That matters. And I don't think the committee is sophisticated enough to really get all that. But my point is, Joey Telez is absolutely correct. Our resume improved and increased over time in addition to the play on the field. Right now, I would want no part of the Texas Longhorns on a neutral field. Well, somebody's going to get it. Someone's going to get it. You're going to get it. Gonna get it one way or the other. But they're going to get it. All right. Hey, here's one. Uh, if Bama gets in over Texas at 11 a.m., then at 11.01, Texas needs to cancel the Michigan game. I don't know. I don't even – even if that's true, even if Bama were to get – I don't know that that's true. I'm looking – as a Texas fan, I was talking about it uh, with folks yesterday at Terry Black's poll. I'm ready to go get a VRBO or Airbnb and spend three days in Ann Arbor getting ready for the Longhorns next year. I Amen. Mean, I mean, I know what what he's saying. Like, it has no bearing. But you can't just – I mean, look, you still want college football to be college football. And, and for Texas to go to Ann Arbor and vice versa, that, that's that's meaningful, I think. Here's what needs to happen in terms of cancellation, Bobby. You and Eric Nalin need to cancel my posting privileges for about three days. (laughs) If Texas is not in the playoff, if Bama gets in over them, because I will bring untold mayhem upon our site. Uh, It'll get lots of likes. It'll get lots of retweets, but uh, I might end up suspended permanently. So let's, let's hope that doesn't happen, but I, I do understand the impulse. The other thing to remind him of is, we do go to the expanded playoff, the 12-game playoff. Presumably and ostensibly, they should reward teams that go out and play other teams. So could a 9-3 and three Texas next year play in the college football playoff? Well, with the incredible schedule that they'd have, Georgia, Michigan, uh, uh, perhaps yeah. an improved Florida, A&M at a – I mean, all that, that's a playoff team, right? So yep. let's all keep that in mind. Uh, but I do understand the impulse of – the committee's basically telling you don't go play teams that are good 
Don't go play them at your play at their place. And, and by all means, don't beat them because it doesn't mean anything. All right. This one from Edmund Lee. Cardinals, uh, I say go Cardinals. Confusion reigns today. UT 12 and 1 and Big 12 champs. This UT wins will still influence recruiting, no doubt about it. Winners want to play with a winning team. Hook them horns. Go, Paul and Bobby. Hook them. I look, Paul, 12 and 1. You and I both said 10 and 2 this year. Yes, sir. I, I mean, the the win at, at Alabama looms large, and it's the difference right now between what we predicted in the regular season and Texas having a shot at the at the playoffs, even if yeah. not a likelihood. Well, one thing I will say, I agree with the sentiments. Go Cardinals. I've never been a bigger Louisville fan in my life, just to, to be sure about all this. Ever. Uh, you and I did predict that. I also predicted Texas would go 8-1 and one in conference and be the Big 12 champs in the 2023 Longhorn football prospectus, thinking Texas football. And if you would like a fun commemorative edition to sit on your <laughs> coffee table, now's a great time to buy it on Amazon. So get after it, folks. Hey, hey this one comes from a good Michigan fan. He says, "I um, big case, Mike, I'm a Michigan Wolverine, but I'm rooting for your team. Why isn't everyone saying the obvious? Texas and Alabama need to be in and Georgia out. I think people are saying Georgia's now out. Yeah, I Georgia's just saw out. CBS saying that. I, I thought that there might be some uh, sentiment that the Bulldogs, because they're two-time defending champs, might need to be in. But Alabama clearly deserves to be in over Georgia. They just won head-to-head. Yeah, I, I think that this gentleman is correct. The sentiment, the problem is if Florida State wins, right? Louisville is the nail in the coffin. And it is the guarantee that Texas is in the playoff and perhaps in the playoff at an advantageous seating. Although I don't think that will actually matter uh, because I think all four teams that do make this playoff will have a chance at winning the national title. And I think Texas is going to have to beat two good teams anyway. As I've said, with the quality of play that Texas has exhibited over the last two games, trending on injuries, let's hope Xavier Worthy is back. Uh, Quinn Ewers, by the way, he's not going to be 80% Quinn. He's going to be 97% Quinn in about a month. So there's a lot of stuff going on for Texas. Also, I'll just offer, give Sark a little time to, to spend in the film room on your team. It doesn't usually work out real well for your defense. Mm. William Nish has this to say. Keep hearing analysts, some analysts, say the college football playoff committee should consider George's record the last three years. Does that matter? To the committee. I think subconsciously. No. All right, here's my thought. I think subconsciously it does, Paul. Subconsciously, yes. It does not. It should not, at least. Texas is not eight and five, Bobby. Yep. Okay. That happened last year. That's not the same team. If this team played that team, they'd win in a runaway. Okay. And, and by the way, that eight and five team, no one beat them in a runaway. So it, it just... I understand you're exactly correct, Bobby. Unfortunately, subconsciously, oh, defending champion Georgia, we have to give them a chance to defend their national title. College football doesn't work that way. Sports don't work that way. No one thinks that way in the NFL. No one thinks that way in the NBA. It's a mechanistic process, which you have a little bit of human opinion thrown in, of course, but there is no argument for Georgia based on what happened in 2022-2021. Jalen Carter is not on this football team, folks. Yep. Hey, this was a question from Michigan. What's Michigan's resume other than Ohio State? 
Paul, so I, Michigan's I, resume – look, the Big Ten is not real good, okay? The Big Ten had two teams, Michigan and Ohio State. Then they had another team, a full level below them in Penn State. That's a quality team, not a great team. And then they had a bunch of Jags, okay? And Iowa, by the way, if you put them in the Big 12, they'd go eight and four. So I don't want to hear all the Iowa stuff about their record. Uh, and, and the bottom of the Big Big Ten was awful, execrable. I mean, when Illinois played Kansas early in the year at Illinois, I mean at Kansas, that game was not competitive. Despite you know, I think Kansas won by 17, 16, something like that. Kansas just ran up and down the field on them. And 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 the argument that was Illinois would have the better athletes. I, I've just watched the Big Ten all year. They're just bad. They're they're just not a good football team. That said, Michigan's a good football team. You can just see the quality of athlete they have. Uh, you can see them run around. They're, they're well coached. Harbaugh's back. Uh, I think they have a good defense. That said, I'm not super worried about Michigan head-to-head against Texas. I think it would be a hell of a game because Texas matches up with them really well in a couple of areas and then not so well in a couple of areas, which is kind of what happens when really good football teams play each other. All right, Paul, the games are about to get started here, so we're going to get going for about a couple more minutes here. If you have any more big questions, make sure you get them in. Uh, but I want to say this one. Uh, this is a good one because one of the problems with college football and postseason play right now, Paul, has been opting out. You don't get the same teams that started the season to end the season. You know what I mean? And so my question to you in this one from Travis as well, a little off topic, but I th- a thought I had about the expanded playoff is we will get to see some more future draft picks play instead of sitting out games. We agree, right? I mean, JT, I mean, I'll give you an example. JT Sanders isn't sitting out a college football playoff game. He might sit out a Cotton Bowl, right? Yeah, I, I, look, real talk. I mean, may not be the perfect example. Maybe Xavier Worthy's that example. Yeah, I mean, real talk on this. I mean, the fact is, if you want to see the Texas Longhorns play more football and the Texas Longhorns that were the stars for the Longhorns all year, you want to be in the playoffs, right? Uh, if we play in a bowl game, I think somewhere between four to eight guys could sit out. Yep. That's just the new reality of college football. Same with, with NIL, all this other stuff. I mean, the game that we grew up grew up with, Bobby, over the last two years has inexorably changed. It's the greatest change in the history of college football since integration. Wow. That's big, big words there from Paul Wallington of Inside Texas and uh, – on, uh, of Inside Texas. Paul, I, I tell you, we, we talk about this, and I just want to circle back um, to the to where we started uh, tonight. Uh, Texas wins, defeats uh, Oklahoma State soundly, dominates them, 49-21. Alabama goes into the Georgia Dome and beats Georgia fair and square. I mean, it was, it was not a fluke. Uh, now, that puts Texas probably at least at number four if Florida State wins, probably at number three if Florida State loses, we think. That's where we are. That's the, that is, it's not necessarily the best case scenario we could think of right now, but Texas fans can watch the Florida State game with a little more certainty unless someone comes up with some kind of bizarre Byzantine reason that Texas shouldn't be ahead between now and 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. That's my take on it. You agree with that? If Texas is left out of the playoff, playoff, irrespective of the Florida State result, I'm going to need to see the diagram. I need to see the the algorithm of your thinking and your explanation because it's going to be stupid. And uh, 
I'll tell you what, Bobby, I'm real glad we didn't play with our food. And I'm real glad we didn't win 34-31 because absolutely we would be we would be scared right now, and we'd have good reason to be. You know what? Texas went out there and they look like a hell of a football team, and they look like a dominant football team. And this is the football team that we all thought they could be, and maybe it's the football team that they are. And I cannot wait to watch these guys play more ball. They're not playing with they're not playing scared. I thought Texas sometimes this year played scared offensively in, in particular and timid on defense. They played a lot of off coverage. They're going at people a little bit more the last three games, two and a half games really. Started at Iowa State, I felt like, in the second half where they just came out and asserted themselves. Paul, it's different. It's different. I want to thank everybody for the Super Chaps. Big case, Mike. Uh, yes, we think it should be Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama in that order. That's basically how we're – at right now granted we don't know what fsu is going to end up doing uh nor michigan we're getting ready to go watch those games tonight we also want to say say thank you to adam lowey of the lowey law firm for his ongoing uh contribution and sponsorship of rapid reactions as well as all of on texas football so of for paul wallington of insidetexas.com i'm bobby burton and this has been on texas football welcome